We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Oh, baby. How are you, my friends? Welcome back to another audio adventure on Insight. I'm CVV Chris Van Vliet, and wow. Yeah, you could check this off the bucket list. For years, I've been wanting to do an interview with The Undertaker, and here we are, episode number 452, and it is happening. If you've seen any of his out-of-character interviews that he's done, or if you watched his Hall of Fame speech from last year, you know that he's such a nice, warm, humble individual. Funny, too. And he has a couple of his One Dead Man shows coming up where you can see all this and experience all of this in person. March 24th at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. March 31st during WrestleMania week in Los Angeles. And if you happen to be in L.A., for WrestleMania, you can see me at WrestleCon. I'll be there for a few days, and I'll also be at WrestleMania. So it'd be so awesome to see you, say hi, snap a photo, chat, whatever it is you want to do. It'd be so cool to be able to see who's on the other side of this microphone that I'm talking into right now. The Undertaker is just such a great storyteller, and that is on display in his One Dead Man show, but he does it during this interview. He just tells some great stories. Some of them that he's never told before. So I was honored to be on the other side of that. And I just hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. And I'm hoping that you'll share this with a friend and that you'll also snap a screenshot and tag us on social media so we can share it out as well. He is at Undertaker, not The Undertaker. He's just at Undertaker. I'm at Chris Van Vliet and Homebryonics, I see you. I appreciate this review on Apple Podcasts that says, Chris has an amazing ability to create a comfort zone so early on in his interviews that the good stuff flows early and flows easily. He is a pro's pro. I appreciate the very kind words, and I will keep reading one review on Apple Podcasts from Apple Podcasts on every single episode is my way to say thank you. Of course, this is free of charge. All you have to do is leave a few words on there. And if you happen to be listening on Spotify, if you could click those stars on there, It'd be so helpful as the show continues to grow. We're closing in on episode number 500. But man, if we've got The Undertaker for episode number 452, I don't know how we're going to top that for episode 500. So if you have any ideas, 
man, shoot me a message at Chris Van Fleet. Okay, let's get into this. Ladies and gentlemen, The Undertaker. There he is, the man himself. Such a pleasure oh, to be sitting down with you. Thanks, Chris. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. You know, we've gotten to know you so well since your retirement, especially with the one man, uh, the one dead man show. I'm curious, as we're getting to know you more, are you also getting to know yourself more? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm becoming more comfortable sharing myself. Uh, I, I can say that. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm in touch with who I am and, and, and all that, but it has been a, it has been a, uh, it has been a challenge to lower the curtain and lower the veil and let people see behind the, the hat and coat, um, uh, I still find myself at times I'll get immersed into a story and I'll be halfway through the story. And then I go, mm, do, how much do this? Do I want to, how much, cause I still, I fight, I fight it. Um, you know, I'm a old school guy and I don't think that'll ever change regardless right. of, you know, how we progress and how we evolve. I just, there's certain things that I, that I, I struggle with and that old school mentality of protect this and protect that. Well, I think will always be with me, but it, it's all, you know, I'm coming to grips with all of it. When you talk about it. being an old school guy, you know, letting us kind of peek behind the curtain a little bit, mm -hmm. do you feel like is kayfabe dead? I think, uh, yeah, I think, I think kayfabe died for sure. When I came out and, and, and started, talking uh as mark calloway uh I, I, no, I shouldn't say that no you know what because there there are a few guys that are out there that are they're living their gimmick and um and doing a, a a really really good job at that and i think obviously we go out of our way now to let everybody know what sports entertainment is but i think and, and we did that even while I was working, right? right? I mean, but the way I approach things, and even with my my character and my over the top gimmick, as, you know, as the Undertaker, especially the last probably 10, 15 years of my career, I really the way I set my matches up, and I, I tried to, I always tried to suspend that sense of reality. I didn't want people thinking like I, I wanted people when I threw a punch. I wanted people to go, ooh, mm, that's different. Yeah. Or the things that I did uh, to make sense, even like before I do old school, which is a stretch for the for somebody to grab someone's arm and to be able to walk. But so I would take the time to to work that arm over and to and to hit that shoulder with the shoulder tackles and the shoulder tackles and this and that. I tried to have things make sense. And I always tried to get people invested and forget everything else that we've told them about what sports entertainment and wrestling is mm. and try and let them immerse themselves into what's going on. And that's the way I approach things. And I think there's some of that that's still applicable if you make the effort to do so. I think I think in large, there's just this, okay, everybody, everybody's in on it. And, you know, this is the way it is. And this is, but I think... I think there is room for kayfabe still. Um, you know, I just, I know everything's evolving and, and people have different perspectives on it, but that's mine. And yeah, um, I am, I, and I'll be the first to admit I'm, I'm, I'm a dinosaur. 
<laughs> you look great though. Come on. Well, hey, I'm a dinosaur, but I'm a T-Rex. So, you know, <laughs> take that for what it's worth. Your relationship with Vince McMahon's, you know, well documented what you guys both mean to each other. But I'm really curious, what's the biggest lesson that you've taken away from your friendship with Vince? Um, there's several. Uh you know, and I and I mentioned it last year in my speech at, at the Hall of Fame. Perception is reality. Um and you know, I think sometimes he may have forgotten that, but uh <laughs> but I never did. And so that went a long way. Perception is reality and how I dealt with people um uh through my career. Uh I, I always I didn't I didn't want anybody to ever think that I, you know that I swerved them or that I had to go behind their back or, or do anything. What they saw is what they got. And I think that was probably a large factor in people always considering me the, the, the locker room leader. Everybody knew my relationship with Vince and Bruce and all of those, Pat Patterson, everybody knew my relationship there. But those same guys that I was on the road with, that I was hanging out with and partying with, you know, they knew what, what happened there was safe and there was never going to be any crossover. Don't let don't let what we're doing at night get in the way of business. I mean that was a that was a that was a really strong rule with me. Don't I don't care what we do. Mm -hmm. Don't be late and work hard. That was that was that was the only thing that I had. don't get in trouble. Don't make a, don't don't embarrass us. Don't be late to work and work hard. And you know I think that was why. I, I garnered, I guess, the respect because people trust me, and yeah. they knew that the two never, the ne the two never cross. I was going to do what was best for business, and that's something that I learned. I learned from Vince because Vince, regardless of what anybody thinks, it deep in his heart, he's one of the boys. He really mm -hmm. is, and he has that mentality. Things had to change, obviously. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> things change. When the business, when the when the company went went you know public, there were a lot of changes that had to happen. Changes for the better. Everything's you know we've evolved into a whole. I mean, it is a. I think I think WWE is in a lot of a lot more now is regarded in the same way as as other major sports franchise. You know, NBA or the NFL. We're on that, or if we're not on that level, we're really close. And 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 the company is run that way. It is a, it's not that circus, uh, you know, carny kind of thing anymore. It is a big, huge business, as everybody knows, and that's the way it's treated. The product has evolved, and and it's evolved for the better. I know everyone wants to talk to you about the streak, and I, I was there at WrestleMania thirty when it ended but i want to ask about wrestlemania what happened? 30. i don't remember <laughs> we don't need to talk about that it's i want okay. to ask you about wrestlemania 33 and what went into the plans of the loss to roman reigns because i don't feel like that is given nearly as much attention yeah so um i was extremely beat up um and you know i had i had toyed with the idea of hanging it up uh, I knew it that year when I got to the Rumble, I wasn't going to be ready. Uh, I wasn't going to be ready for Mania, but I'd already committed to the to the program. Um, 
didn't know that didn't know what we were going to do yet. I just knew that I was going to work with Roman and, um, and, and we got there that day and I was like, man, I, I knew I was in bad shape and my hip, my right hip, uh, which I had surgery right after that to, to have it, a Birmingham hip resurface done after that. Um, you know, it, it was just the, it was the right thing to do. Um, not knowing if I was going to be able to come back again, uh, and, and work anymore. So there I was, he was, he was on the, you know, he was coming up and he was going to be the face of the company and it was the right thing to do. And I, I didn't, you know, I'd already, the streak had already been beat. So, uh, it was the right thing to do business wise. Uh, cause I didn't, like I said, I didn't know that I was going to come back again. I mean, that, that, all that hat, the hat and the coat, all that yeah. being placed in the ring was 100% legitimate. Um, at the end of it, I was done. Um, uh, and that was my way of, uh, of saying goodbye. Um, and yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a plan or staged thing. And then I get my hip fixed. I get a call and they want me to work with Cena. I'm like, Oh crap, man. So I trained, <laughs> I know I'm giving you more than you asked for, but so oh, this is great. It, it was, it was like, okay, this is my chance. Cause I was so just, if you watched the last ride, you know how disappointed I was in my performance. And yeah. that I that I put myself in that situation because I just couldn't physically get to where I needed to be for Roman and how important that was. And I just as hard as I tried, I mean, I, I trained like a like an animal, but I mean, my hip just it just it held me back. And, and I'm not making excuses, but that's that's the extent of it. So now I've got a new hip and I'm like, oh, man, and it's Cena. And I was like, oh, crap. So Vince called me. So what do you think? And I was like, I don't know. I don't, I haven't really, I've rehabbed my hip and I'm working out again, but I had no plans of getting back in the ring. And so I said, give me a, give me a few weeks. So I get a ring shipped down here to Texas and I, I rent a place and I build this, I put the ring in this building and I start training and lo and behold, I could move again. So Probably the hardest that I'd ever trained, not ever I trained, but the hardest I've been able to train in probably 10 years. And I was ready, man. I was my cardio. I, I trained for like a 45 minute just that match was so around. short, though. Well, yeah, I was, and I didn't know it was going to be short until I got there that day. So I'm tra I've trained for a 45 minute war right and and oh, yeah. I'm like, all right here is redemption i'm gonna man i am gonna light this place on fire i felt good and uh it calls me into his office and he goes okay he said it's gonna be about five minutes you're gonna squash him i'm like what what and you know vince he just thought that was the funny because he knew how hard i'd be training i mean right. he and i'm like no 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 I said, I'm going. I said, I'm doing 30 or I'm not going out. <laughs> and he's like, Mark, that's not what we need. And I'm like, no, Vince. I was like, where's John? Where, where's he at? So John comes in. He goes, oh, no. He goes, I talk mad smack about you, dude. Yeah, you need to beat me in quick and get this over with. 
I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I said, like, we've never worked on pay-per-view. Are you? And this is WrestleMania. Give me a break here. And they both, they, they ganged up on me. I was finally, I threw my hands up. I was like, I can't believe. And Vince just thought that was the funniest thing. Cause like I said, I, I trained like, a, I was so unbearable at home. I mean, as far as my diet and the, and training and just my, all the, my protocols of, you know, recoup, you know, rehab, everything. I was a nightmare <laughs> and I get there and yeah, five minutes. And it was like, Man. that was it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you did finally say goodbye to WWE and you hung it up and, and you had the farewell at mm -hmm. Survivor Series 2020, was there a part of you that wished you were doing that in front of a sold-out arena? <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, I can, you know, I can see where you're coming with that, but I, I didn't, even though I knew I was done and I, it was over, like I didn't want to, I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to break down. You know, I was like, I was still trying to protect that character. And I was like, man, if I, if I'm out here in front of a live audience, like, I mean, you saw how hard a time I had at, 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 at the hall of fame. Yeah. And I, you know, that's another year or, you know, two years later, I would have been a wreck, man. I, cause, uh, yeah, cause I didn't, I didn't want to retire in my mind, in my heart. There's nothing more that I want to do than get in the ring and perform. You know, it was my body that just said, no, you're done, dude. We, we got everything out of this we can get. And it's time for you to move aside and let these guys come up. So I would have been a wreck if there had been people there. And, you know, all that all that kayfabing I did and, and protecting the character would have been destroyed <laughs> in, in one <laughs> in one promo. I would have been bawling. <laughs> yeah, so, Triple H tells this great story about how everyone's trying to always get the Undertaker to break 
and oh. that the the genesis of the people's elbow was the rock creating this ridiculous move to try to get you to break do you remember that i i do I, you know what I, I always thought that was the hokiest thing ever but <laughs> iconic right sure yeah and always to get me laugh i mean there was such a a time period there where I think that was the 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 company's goal was to see who could get me to break. I mean, it was nonstop. We spent an hour and a half one night after a a, a, a TV event in Seattle, them trying to get me to do the spin rooney Yeah, Booker T swerved me. We've been doing this same match after TV tapings. That was our advertised dark match. We've been doing it for weeks, and you know, every every night I'd get on there and say, "Hey, let's let's." have booker do a spin rooney everybody go crazy well booker gets the microphone one night and completely swerved me which was all set up vince was in on everybody was in on it you know and he tells this sold out crowd in seattle that he wants to see a taker rooney and i was like you son of a bitch. Oh, i was pissed and here they come one after another just i mean everybody on the roster Everybody, Rock comes down, Triple H comes down, Big Show's down, everybody's down and doing these absolutely awful spinneroonies. And I remember, I remember uh, seeing my spot to leave because the ring is full of people now, right? And yeah. the crowd is going nuts trying to get me, everybody's chanting, take a Rooney and all this. <laughs> so good. And I finally saw my spot and I jumped out of the ring and I headed back to the back. And I looked over my shoulder, and here comes Big Show. Vince had sent Big Show to, to come get me, right? And he come through that curtain. I said, I said, you may kill me and eat me, but I am going to punch you in the face if you touch me. <laughs> Vince never forgive me. Because I always told him, I said, I don't care who you are, what you do. You'll never get me to do that. And you don't tell Vince that you can't or won't do something because it becomes his passion in life. But I can honestly say he never got me to do a take a Rooney. So... <laughs> I won. That's the one battle I won with Vince. <laughs> As we wrap this up, you're one of the greatest of all time, but you're also so humble. Well, for a second, don't be humble. And I want to ask you, what do you think it was that made you have the success that you had in WWE? I think it was the one thing that kind of really put the the fire under me was being told by WCW that I would never draw money. I mean, to this day, that motivates me. Mm. Um, you know, being told to my face that, hey, you're a great athlete, you're never going to make money. And, uh, you know, so that, and then just the passion that I had for this. And then I, and then I knew right really early on that what I was doing with the, with the character, um, I mean, that was such a gift. The, that character. I mean, it, it, it hit me. I mean, it just hit me right between the eyes. I mean, I knew when I got it, I was like, wow, this is special. This is really special. And then it just, it just became part of me and I lived it. And I think the dedication to always being that guy everywhere I went, every time somebody saw me, it was that guy. And, you know, it, it there was, Probably to, you know, probably to a fault, you know, my, my personal life, everything kind of took a backseat to being the undertaker, which is probably not fair. I mean, to my older kids and I've made, I've made amends with them, but I, you know, I've heard different guys. I've heard Austin talk about this. You can't be 
or we couldn't figure it out. A lot of guys do it now, but back then we just, we grinded everything and everything that we were as human beings were poured into our characters. And I just, it it was probably the most important, you know, outside of my kids, it was the most important thing in my life was to be undertaker and, and to, and, and for that to be genuine and for people just to like, even if they didn't understand or they didn't know, or it's like, man, there's something different about that guy. It wasn't a character for a long time. It was just, I think that guy's really like that. Not whether I was like, whether I was a zombie or whether I was dead. They, yeah. they I mean, obviously they, they knew that I was a live human being, but they genuinely believed, I think, that I thought I was the undertaker. And I think that came off, um, you know, I think that's the way that I was perceived. Like, this dude is just different and, and different from what everybody else was doing. So, I don't know. I, I think it was just like the dedication to the craft and, and the character that uh, and, and nothing else came before that. That's such a great answer. And you're so good at telling stories. And we're all looking forward to seeing you uh, Friday, March 24th, the One Dead Men show at the Cosmopolitan in Vegas. And I have just one final question for you, because I'm all about gratitude. It's such an important part of my life. And I wake up every day. I say out loud three things I'm grateful for, and I do it before I go to bed, too. So what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Um, I'm grateful for... I'm very grateful for my wife uh, and, and my kids, um, and, and I'm grateful for the people that uh, I realize that I don't get to where I'm at, or do I have the career that I had. One, without the people who paid their hard-earned money to come and see me perform, and two, the people that I performed with, because you don't you don't get to the heights that you're that that I got to. There you go. That's that's me not being humble. You don't you don't get to that level without a lot of people staring at the lights for you. Yeah. And 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 putting their their gimmicks and everything else aside to make mine, you know, what it was. And that that's something that um, you know I I, I I probably don't say it enough because I, I didn't do this by myself. Um, and you can't. No one does. There has to be a lot of people involved to help get guys over and, and to stay over. Um, so, yeah, my family, my fans, and my coworkers. I love it. Three great things. Super grateful to be able to share a conversation with you. So, Undertaker, you are a legend. An honor to speak with you. Man, anytime, Chris. I'd love to do this again, man. Thank Let's, you. We'll do it in person next time. Let's do it. You got Sounds my word. Good. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Oh, man, did you hear that at the end? I have the Undertaker's word that we're going to do another one of these in person next time. I have no idea when or where this is going to happen, but sign me up for that. Hope that you enjoyed this conversation. Just please share this with somebody who you know is going to love this. Man, what a kind man. The Undertaker, Mark, whatever you want to call him, what a kind man that he is. Check out The Undertaker's One Dead Man Show. March 24th at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas, March 31st in Los Angeles. And I'm looking forward to seeing you in Los Angeles during WrestleMania week. I'll see you at WrestleCon. I'll see you at a few other events. I'm not exactly sure which indie shows I'll be at, but 
Looking forward to seeing you there. And I'll leave you with a quote from Warren Buffett, which I feel is really appropriate for The Undertaker and his career and the legacy that he left. Someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago. How good is that? Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one for some more insight. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.